The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is, to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Greet a 
another week's Now You Know show. Perhaps sometime it could be greeted with a little sunshine, maybe some bird song, anything like that would be fine. But in the meantime, if you happen to have any spare pontoons or life rafts, life savers, I prefer the orange ones, or wintergreen is nice as well, just send those to... Oh, God, help, there's too much water, P.O. Box, help, Texas, care of all of us people up to our chins in water. And that's pretty much what's going on around here this week. As far as what's going on everywhere else and what went on in the past, well, we're going to go right over, that's right, across the hall to the LMC Radio Newsroom, where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is waiting. Take it away, Patchy. Good evening. Today is Thursday, May 28th, the 148th day of 2015. There are 24 days until summer begins and 217 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow are auspicious days to cut hair to encourage growth. Once again, today and tomorrow are auspicious days to cut hair to encourage growth. Today's highlight in history comes to us from 1945, when on this date the novel Bride's Head Revisited by Everett Waugh was published in London by Chapman and Hall. Also on this date, in 1533, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Craner, declared the marriage of England's King Henry VIII to Anne Boleyn valid. In 1892, the Sierra Club was organized in San Francisco. In 1912, the Senate Commerce Committee issued its report on the Titanic disaster that cited a, quote, state of absolute unpreparedness, unquote, improperly tested safety equipment, and, quote, indifference to danger as some of the causes of an unnecessary tragedy. In 1929, the first all-color talking picture, On With the Show, produced by Warner Brothers, opened in New York. In 1934, the Dion Quintiplets, Annette, Cecile, Emily, Marie, and Yvonne were born to Lézard Dion at the family farm in Ontario, Canada. In 1937, President Franklin D. Roosevelt pushed a button in Washington, signaling that vehicular traffic could begin crossing the just-opened Golden Gate Bridge in California. In 1959, the U.S. Army launched ABLE, a recent Baker, squirrel monkey, aboard a missile for a suborbital flight, which both primates survived. In 1961, Amnesty International had its beginnings with 
publication of an article in the British newspaper The Observer called The Forgotten Prisoners. Today's birthdays include rockabilly singer-musician Sonny Burgess, who is 86, actress Carol Baker is 84, actor John Carlin is 82, actress Beth Howland, 74, singer Gladys Knight of Gladys Knight and the Pips is 71 today. Singer John Fogarty, 70. Country musician Jerry Douglas of Union Station, 59. Actor Brandon Cruz from The Courtship of Eddie's Father is 53. Rapper Chubb Rock, 47. Singer Kylie Minogue, 47 as well. Actor Justin Kirk is 46. Actor Jake Johnson, 37. Actor Jesse Bradford, 36. And actress Alexa Davalos, 33. Also this week, we send out birthday greetings to Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers member, Reverend John St. Germain. Our thought for today comes from Maya Angelou, born 1928, died this date, 2014, who said, Courage is the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. You can practice any virtue erratically, but nothing consistently without courage. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom, and we now send you across to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me make you please. Haven't seen. Hey, that's mommy. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in you for dust. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, thank you, the in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Well, we need not wait for a rainy day down here in Texas. And eleven is not in our set of hits for this week. But you need not just trust in goofer dust like the Nicholas Brothers, because we have the lucky numbers for you. That's right. And this week's lucky numbers come, as always, from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not slide on over there and give it a look? The lucky numbers are 13, 21, 33, 36. 49, and 55. Once again, our lucky numbers for this week are 13, 21, 33, 36, 49, and 55. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 345. 
once again, 345, 745, 745, and 936, 936. And let me tell you something. Oh, yes, gang, that 936 is hot. So, hope you get the hit, and if you do, remember where you get. Now we go on to the card of the week. Our card of the week is the Jack of Clubs, Jack Bragg. This signifies a sibling or companion of light heart, also a dark youth. This week is a good week to take a moment to check in on your siblings, particularly ones younger than you. You should avoid pomposity and bragging this week, but don't hide your light under a bushel. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know Show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week, the topic is certainty and knowledge. Let's just hope, well, that I can tell you something good. Oh, 
I don't know that there's going to be any wig snatching. I don't know that there's going to be, necessarily, any burning. Before I get in any further, I want to say that tonight's professor's pontification is dedicated to another professor and teacher, and a great man of learning who is dearly missed by at least myself and I hope others. And that is, of course, Jacob Bronowski, the very, very famous mathematician, physicist, and anthropologist. We're going to be talking about certainty and knowledge. We're going to be talking about what we think we know and what we know. This is a difficult, and I will say right now that in the future when people listen back on this in the archives, or if you happen to be tuned in and you happen to be an atheist, you can start sharpening your knives. I will play the role of sacrificial lamb tonight. Because I'm going to be talking about some things that often don't get talked about in the spiritual and magical community because they're seen as being antithetical, but they're absolutely not. I'm going to be talking about knowledge and certainty and the dangerous extremes of our often counterproductive compulsion for control and our quintessential discomfort with uncertainty. We all desperately want to be certain. And certainty presents certain problems. Because certainty is not knowledge. Certainty is just certainty. I'm certain I'm right. I just know I am. Knowledge allows for uncertainty. In fact, the foundation of knowledge is uncertainty. 
It is a wise man who says, I don't know. It is a stalwart man who then says, let us find out. Knowledge is not an end to something. Knowledge is not the end. Oh, we found that fact out, and now that's that, and it's never going to change, and it's always the way it will be. There are two parts to the human dilemma. One is the belief that the end justifies the means. And I will quote my dear Professor Bronowski, push-button philosophy, that deliberate deafness to suffering has become the monster in the war machine. The other is the betrayal of the human spirit. The assertion of dogma closes the mind and turns a nation, a civilization, into a regiment of ghosts, obedient ghosts or tortured ghosts. Right about now, someone's saying, what the fuck does this have to do with hoodoo? It has everything to do with it. Hoodoo doesn't exist in a void. Hoodoo doesn't come out of whole cloth. It is not Athena. It did not emerge springing forth from the forehead of Zeus, fully formed, fully knowledgeable, fully armored, fully weaponized. It is a growing, living thing. It is not some dead art. It exists. It breathes. It jumps. It jives. And it comes from a place. And that place has a center and a heart. Not a town, not an individual person, but a people. And right now, we have a lot of troubles in this world. For a moment, and without intention, I'm going to step into the shadow of my fellow broadcaster and sister, Beverly Smith. And I in no way mean to break her rice bowl. But I need to talk about this. We have a lot of certainty going around. Not knowledge, but certainty. The certainty that people of color are thugs, whereas people uh, that aren't, people that are white, are just rambunctious. Just doing their thing, having a dispute. The certainty that people of color are thieves, whereas white people are just helping themselves to something they needed, or you've got to understand their circumstance. The certainty that gay and lesbian people are evil and wicked and are bad for children, coupled with the certainty that poor little white guy who sexually abused his own sisters was just having a troubled past. These things aren't based in knowledge. They're based in certainty. The same certainty that led to millions of people being shoveled into camps and into ovens and going up like smoke through chimneys. 
quite about somebody now, somebody saying, oh my god, can he ever have a fucking conversation without bringing up the fucking Holocaust? No. Fuck you. I can't. Nor can my black brothers and sisters have a conversation without discussing how they're being murdered in the streets. How it's kill on command. Judge, jury, and executioner every time a cop pulls up. Sorry. And you would listen to us. And you would hear all of us. If you weren't protected by certainty. The certainty that you're correct. The certainty that you're safe. The certainty that you're in the fucking right. But what does it have to do with hoodoo? What it has to do with hoodoo is hoodoo comes out of that. Hoodoo comes out of a situation of oppression. Is it all about oppression? No, of course not. Come on. Stop. I'm talking about where things arrive from. I'm talking about certainty and knowledge. Knowledge tells you I must explore, I must know, I must learn, I must question, I must grow. Certainty says I already know. I need not test any more, I need not look any further. What has it got to do with hoodoo? Well, if you don't already get what it has to do with hoodoo, after what I just told you, I don't know quite what to do with you. But I'll go a few steps further. We have in our community... A lot of people who engage in certainty. I know that what I'm saying is absolute truth. Ultimate truth. End truth. End of discussion. My favorite little topic is correct. And you should only listen to me. Don't listen to others. That's certainty. That's not knowledge. Certainty says... I happen to know that the only decent hoodoo in the world is practiced in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Little Rock, Arkansas hoodoo is the truest hoodoo that there ever was. And anyone that tells you that Little Rock, Arkansas isn't the heart, isn't the soul of hoodoo, doesn't know what the fuck it's about. Well, that's bullshit. It's just straight up bullshit. In the past on this show, I've talked about liars and dabblers. But this is a different. This is something that doesn't fit into all those. I'm not saying there's not a quick buck to be made out of your certainty. There often is. It is a good way to control the market. What I'm saying is that these are people who are a little more dangerous. These are funda-fucking-mentalists, not orthodoxy, fundamentalists. They will tell you that Little Rock, Arkansas, Baltimore, the low country of the Carolinas, New Orleans, throw a dart, is the true place. And anybody who says otherwise is vicious, is wrong. And when they go after those who say different, not people who say they're wrong, people who say different. Watch. Listen. Carefully consider their words. Because when they do so, they start saying things. Root doctor, I know. 
I am ashamed to even call him that, who during the Ferguson debacle said, oh, well, those people, these people, though the quote-unquote riots, because they were all riots to him, will end when the welfare check comes out. They won't burn down the welfare building. See, he had certainty. Certainty that black people riot because they're vicious thugs. Yet this son of a bitch makes his bread and butter off of black people's mysticism, magic, sorcery. But he looked down his fine little nose at them. I'm not going to name names. He knows who he is. He can go fuck himself. When someone else has a proposition that they want to support, and somebody disagrees with them, they say things like, these vicious Jewish mercantile vipers, these Jewish merchants, with venom on their tongue. See, when somebody starts talking certainty, you listen to them, and it won't be too long before you find out there's somebody else that they're calling a goddamn name. And they do it, baby. Oh, yes, they do. I'm certain that I know the Bible, so all these faggots are going to go to hell. They shouldn't have any rights. They shouldn't be allowed to get married. They shouldn't allow to be loving couples. They shouldn't be allowed to have children. They shouldn't be allowed to breathe the holy air that Jesus Christ put on this earth. It doesn't matter if you sit them down and show them knowledge. As far as they're concerned, Jesus is a white-skinned, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, Ted Nugent-looking motherfucker. The knowledge that there was certainly no white-skinned, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, Swedish motherfucker living in Jerusalem 2,000-plus years ago need not fucking apply, because they have certainty, the certainty that they're right. And so they creep around, these cockroaches, until pretty soon they get bold enough to sit on the table, on the countertop, climb on your food, get into everything you own. That's what they do. Then they take their certainty and they make it fact. How do they make it fact? Because if you say different, you get the blunt end of the rifle, right upside your head. They betray the promise that we are constantly trying to fulfill. They betray knowledge over certainty, side of certainty. When people believe they have absolute knowledge with no test in reality, this is how they behave. This is what men do when they aspire to the knowledge of gods. To quote Bronsky again, we are always at the brink of the known. We always feel forward for what is to be hoped. Every judgment stands on the edge of error and is personal. Knowledge is a tribute to what we can know, although we are fallible. We have to cure ourselves 
of the itch of absolute knowledge and absolute power. We have to close the distance between the push-button order and the human act. We have to touch people. That's words from a man far wiser than I. But consider them. We are always at the brink of the known. But it doesn't end. We are always at the brink of the known. We are always feeling ahead. Now, earlier, I mentioned the sharpening of knives of atheists. Why? Because right now, some smug son of a bitch is having a good laugh up his sleeve going, <laughs> Get this! A magical practitioner, a believer in magic, is talking about certainty and knowledge. Is daring! Some asshole who believes in God is saying these things. What a joke. No, it's no joke. Because there is no disagreement. There is no disagreement. If someone comes to you and says, anyone, myself included, the, the only way you can use cinnamon is this, period. That's it. It's one way. cannot use cinnamon other ways, period. And if you do, you're fucking wrong. Here we have it again. Hoodoo isn't based on certainty. Hoodoo is based on knowledge. Right now, somebody just got cross-eyed. How the fuck can magic be based on knowledge? Because of the law of pragmatism. Because it works. Because of results. Is it identifiable? Can I take it in a science lab? Can I show it off to the amazing Randy? The amazing fucking Randy wouldn't believe the time of day if I showed it to him on a watch. He's a curmudgeon. I know, I'm a curmudgeon. I can identify my own. He's an asshole. He's a bitter, twisted, gray-haired dwarf. He's also got good lawyers, and if he happens to be listening to him, myself right now, Randy, the name's Charles Porterfield, you can find my address. I'll accept the writ to appear in court whenever you fucking want. Certainty and knowledge. Certainty is not the province of, quote, the ignorant. It's not the province of the religious. It's not just the province of the political. Anyone can fall down this rabbit hole. Anyone can get stuck in it. When someone says to you, the only way to work is the way they work in, uh, oh, I don't know, New Orleans, they're engaging in certainty. When someone tells you this is the only thing you can do with cinema, this is the only thing you can do with that psalm, this is the only thing you can do with this piece of scripture, this is the only way, perfume, this oil, this is the only thing that's possible. I know, I've been given the secret, I know, I'm the power, I'm the right guy up there with the lightning flashing around me, hear my voice, look upon my works, and tremble. They're dealing out of certainty. Not knowledge. Knowledge allows for the unknown. Knowledge is always on the brink of the known. 
You said you're going to step into a minefield. What the fuck minefield are you stepping into, Professor? So far, what you're saying is okay by me. Here's the minefield I'm going to step into. We live in a time of certainty. We are on the cusp. Now, it's very popular to always say that. The end of the world is coming. Man, the end of the world has been coming since the day I was born. I've lived through several major planetary alignments. Still here. There's always a buck to be made on panic and fear. But I may be many things, but amongst them I am certainly a student of history. And I'm telling you right now, open your eyes and look around. We are on the cusp of something. Because we once again live in a time of certainty. We live in a time when people are so certain that vaccines are bad that they're not vaccinating their own motherfucking children for diseases that we almost wiped out. Vaccinate your motherfucking kids. But you're so certain that you're going to let your kids get measles, polio, smallpox. It'll be so much better. They'll develop a natural resistance. Yeah, why don't you go ask some Native Americans how that natural resistance shit worked out? But there's formaldehyde in it. There's formaldehyde in your motherfucking body. You know what happens if you drink wood alcohol? Your body turns it into formaldehyde. That's how it kills you. Your body naturally will turn certain chemical products into formaldehyde. But you're basing on your decisions on certainty. Not on knowledge. You need not inform yourself. You're so certain that the President of the United States is a fucking Muslim, that you need not have any new information. And let me just stop right there and say this. I would give a rat's fucking ass if he was a Muslim. Who the fuck are you? Last time I checked, this was a free country. But y'all don't want it to be a free country. Not these little assholes. Oh, no, not these cockroaches. These certainty mongers. They don't want it to be a free country. They want it to be a Christian country. They don't want to run the flag up. They want to tell you that in God we trust was always on the money. They want to tell you that God was always mentioned in the Pledge of Allegiance. Go ask my goddamn mother. Go ask Catherine Ironwood. Go ask anybody over the age of fucking 60 if the fucking words about God were always in the Pledge of Allegiance. We have people engaged in such certainty that there are people in the world that believe, that believe that every scientist, that 98%, 99% of every fucking scientist involved in global weather patterns, global weather change, meteorology, etc., are part of a conspiracy. That only our brave boys in the Senate, who can't figure out their own way to the goddamn bathroom or tie their fucking shoes by themselves, they know what's going on. They know what's going on. There's no global warming! Well, why don't you go tell that to fucking India, where a thousand plus people just died because of the heat? Why don't you tell that to Texas, where we're up to our fucking thighs in water? Why don't you tell that to California that's in a drought, a staggering one? I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to see it. You've got certainty. You've got 
certainty. You need not have knowledge. But again, what has it got to do with hoodoo? Oh, darlings. Hoodoo doesn't exist in a vacuum. You don't live out in outer space in a bubble. Hoodoo. Here we go. Here we go. You get ready. Get your pens down, kitties. Get your paper ready. Here we go. If hoodoo doesn't help people, it's useless. Fuck it. Fuck it. If hoodoo doesn't help people, if hoodoo doesn't make a change, if hoodoo doesn't rectify anything, if hoodoo doesn't give people a little luck, now see, that luck doesn't mean for you what it meant for those people. Luck means prosperity. Luck means chance. Luck means to dodge the power that's over you. If it doesn't bring people a little fucking luck, if it doesn't help heal the heart, if it doesn't help soothe the soul, if it doesn't help calm the mind, if it doesn't help you get the job, if it doesn't help you get your kids back when somebody else is telling them away, if it doesn't help you when your little girl gets accused of stealing in a goddamn store, if it doesn't do shit for you, then fuck it. I'll close my goddamn business tonight. Hoodoo does not exist in a fucking vacuum. And any spiritual practice that does, here he goes, he's about to make a whole bunch of enemies, any spiritual practice, any spiritual practice that exists in a vacuum, that is not a part of the human condition, that does not help people, that is rejective of the human struggle and of human suffering, can kiss my ass. I don't care. But everybody's equal and all comes from the same source and we've all got to get along. And will you shut your goddamn mouth? No, we're not all equal. If we was all equal, people I know wouldn't be getting shot in the fucking streets. If we was all equal, people I know wouldn't have the same opportunities across the board. Well, I'm sick and tired of these people not pulling themselves up by their own goddamn bootstraps. Why don't you go fuck yourself? How the fuck you gonna pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you do not even have a pair of fucking boots? It's not just about wickedness. It's not just about money. It's not just about hatred that got us here. What also got us here is certainty versus knowledge. I'm certain those people are animals. I'm certain they have no soul. I'm certain that I'm doing the right thing. I'm certain that God's on my side. I'm certain that they're just rioting because they're hooligans and thugs. I'm certain that that little 9-year-old child or 11-year-old child got his head blown open because he was doing something that done went and threatened them police. Fuck you. You're making an awful lot of enemies there, Professor Porterfield. Bring it. Don't give a shit. Certainty versus knowledge. You know, I do this show every week. Talk a little bit about this or that. And I don't go into it too terribly much. I mean, you know, listen, it's about 15 minutes, 10 minutes a spot. 
And at the end of it, I always say, go out and find out for yourself. Because I don't want you to engage in certainty. I want you to engage in knowledge. I want you to discover. Every motherfucker that tells you don't read, walk away from them. Every motherfucker that tells you don't talk to your elders, walk away from them. Every motherfucker that tells you that all you need is one book, walk away from them. Every motherfucker that tells you that all you need to do is follow them, walk away from them. Every motherfucker that tells you they have the single answer, they know the single knowledge, run. Run. Reject the devil and he will flee from you. But sometimes you got to kick him in the ass. It's a hard path. Sometimes it feels like so much weight on your shoulder you just want to bow down. But for those of us who seek knowledge, for those of us who are always, as Bronski says, on the brink of the known, for those of us who know that love is more powerful than hate, for those of us who know that peace is better than war, even if we must fight, for those of us who believe in equality over subjugation, for those of us who believe that there can be an end to oppression, then we bear the weight. And that's what we do. Because that's what we have to do. Anyway, that's been my two cents. I may not know this or that. Hell, I try to be a student of history, but I don't know much about history. And I don't remember any of the French I took. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. Don't know much about geography. Don't know much trigonometry. Don't know much about algebra. Don't know what a slide rule is for. But I do know what it was is to. And if this one could be with you, what a wonderful world this would be. Now, I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be. For maybe by being an A student, baby, I can win your love for me. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. La, 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 Wonderful world. 
And our name it and claim it goes out this week to both Catherine and Nagashiva Ironwood. Congratulations. You know, I think that when he did that song, I think Sam was just trying to send out a little message. You know, just trying to send out his own little signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! You are listening to the LMC Radio Network, whose art and information may be found on its webcast shows. The LMC Radio Network is a community radio alliance of metaphysical, spiritual, inspirational, and political justice broadcasters spanning a wide range of topics. Tune in Sundays for the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Kondraman Ali. It features panel discussions on traditional African-American hoodoo spellcasting with members of the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, plus free readings and magical rootwork advice for live call-in clients. The longest-running conjure show in the universe, it may be heard from 3 o'clock to 4.30 Pacific Time, Sunday afternoons. On Mondays, get ready for Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa. This is the meeting place for all esoteric traditions. Candelo brings his insight as a polero and eclectic spiritualist to his interviews with peers in Afro-Caribbean lineages, as well as representatives of numerous other spiritualities and religions. You can hear Candela's Corner Monday evenings from 5 to 7 Pacific Time. Tuesdays feature two wonderful shows to suit your taste. On the Crystal Silence League Hour, John St. Germain provides spiritual guidance and tips on the practical use of crystals and crystal balls. His show starts at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and lasts for one hour. Next is In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Beverly provides up-to-the-minute reports on civil and social rights issues. Her one-hour show airs on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. On Wednesday nights, come out and join Liquid Libations. Andrea Weston hosts this informal sharing and showcasing of poetry, short stories, and spoken word performances, contributed by novices and professional wordsmiths. Call in and read your work. Liquid libations may be heard on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And on Saturdays, Kai Armand broadcasts On Sacred Ground, a tapestry of our times comprising history, ethnography, and shamanism, featuring the voices of the land and the deceased, aided by scholars, spirit workers, and environmentalists. Kai's show airs from noon to 1.30 p.m. Pacific Time. All shows on the LMC Radio Network are sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, located in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Add three hours for Eastern. Tax and license may apply. Train departure times and Burma shape signs subject to change without notice. LMC. That was our own chief engineer, Troll. Towelhead here at the LMC Radio Network with our new and updated list of shows and schedules. Thank you so much for that troll. Also, 
the Now You Know show has, a, uh, as well as uh, Lucky Mojo, has a new second sponsor. Who is it? Why? It's Shrunken Heads! Now, Shrunken Heads for all occasions. Collect them, swap them, give them to your witch doctor friends. That's right. Why not check out your local Shrunken Head seller? And it looks like, are we getting the green light? We got the green light? Well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I send you across the hall to our own man of the hour, back from California and looking tan. Take it away, Johnny. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had some sort of technical difficulty here. Uh, the crew's looking into it. Johnny just got cut off right in the middle. We have no idea what happened there. He was so excited, too. Is everything okay? He did what? He pulled the... Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny pulled the mic out of the housing. Um, right out of the housing. Can you get him another mic? Well... Well, bring him in here. Bring him in here. Hold on. Yeah, come on. Come on, Johnny. Come on. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing okay, Professor. Okay, here, here. Take, take my mic. Oh, thanks, thanks. Hey, folks. It's me, Johnny, back from California, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of Forestville, California. I've been there. You know, Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American, Hulu, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. What am I talking about, folks? I'm talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Listen, bring the kids. They'll love the trains. I did. I got to see them. I sat right there. It's fantastic. They got all the little people. They've got a little tiny missionary independent spiritual church right there on the train set. And while you're there, you can visit the one-to-one scale missionary independent spiritual church for quiet meditation and prayer. I sat in there for hours. It's so peaceful. It's so beautiful. I felt like crying. You can go and see the labyrinth. Not only can you see the one-to-one scale labyrinth, you can see the tiny little labyrinth on the train set. It's amazing! You've got to get there and see this place. It's fantastic, but don't feel bad if you couldn't. It took me a really long time to get there, too. And if you can't, you can just go to www.luckymojo.com and go through their catalog and spend hours looking at all the beautiful products. Buy them. They'll ship them right to you. They're working like dogs. I was there not 48 hours ago, and Heidi and Leslie and Miss Cat, they were just doing everything. It was like watching bees build something. you got to get with the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, and online at www.luckymojo.com. When you go there, tell them Johnny sent you. Jesus Christ, Johnny. Holy Crap! He's what's he been doing? Swimming in amyl nitrite all day? What the? F- well, good job, Johnny. 
That, that's right. We're talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Check them out. <laughs> he's just he's he bounced out of the room, folks. I mean, bounced. He did not walk. He bounced. He bounced out of the studio. I I don't. I can still hear him down the hall. I don't even know what's going on. Well, up next, a little segment I like to call Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. That's right, the Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. Tonight, we're going to be talking in part on the other books of Moses. That's right, not just the first five, but the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth. Who knows? Someday they might find a fifteenth. That's right. We're going to be talking about all of them, not just the sixth and seventh book of Moses. Of the Bible. 
It includes magical drawings or seals accompanied by incantations that instruct one on how to perform a variety of spellcasting feats, from controlling weather and people to contacting the dead, including several famous biblical figures. Now, no first edition of the book has been discovered, but 18th century German pamphlet versions do still exist. And after an 1849 printing of the book caught the public fancy, the use of the mosaic seals, seals in folk magic spread through Germany and Northern Europe and then to German immigrants in the United States. As soon as the text was translated into English, it was picked up by African-American root doctors in the South as well as Afro-West Indian Obeah practitioners. The book was actually banned in Jamaica, adding to its mystique. A favorite reference that demonstrates this is the song you just heard by the Jamaican reggae group, the Maytals. The band's leader and front singer, Toots Hibbert, who held that long note, was a former gospel singer. And he lists the books of the Old Testament, but adds, as you've heard in the song, the sixth and seventh books, they wrote them all. And we have numerous historical references to this being used by southern root doctors. And this goes back for a moment to certainty and knowledge. When we discuss things like this, there's always some wag who wants to come out and start grinding away at their axe, saying, oh, those people didn't have that. Oh, those people didn't know that. Oh, those people, they didn't have bottles. Oh, those people didn't have this, that, and other thing. Oh, they didn't know nothing about astrology. They didn't know nothing about the Zodiac. They didn't know nothing about no, no sixth and seventh books of no Moses. Oh, they didn't know anything. In saying this is one towards a kind of purity. In other words, let's shred away all of the various ingredients that came to make up hoodoo and make it a single thing. The problem with this is that those who aren't listening to what they're saying are actually insulting all those old practitioners. They're actually saying that they were pig ignorant, they couldn't read, they couldn't write, they didn't know shit, they didn't have access to bottles, they didn't know to do shit. They're actually trying to engage in this primitismo, this kind of primitivism, to try to legitimize what they're doing. But while they're doing it, what they're doing is they're burying all those people under a stone. It's just, uh, oh well, yes, it is just condescension. It's looking down your nose at them. So, yes, we do have references to that. Sorry. Now, as far as the long-lost 8th, ninth, and 10th books of Moses, they were originally published in 1945 as Mystery of the Long-Lost 8th, ninth, and 10th Books of Moses by Henri Gamache, who also authored such hoodoo classics as oh, The Master Book of Candle Burning, Tears of the Evil Eye Exposed, the list goes on and on. And I will not get into the mysterious background of who exactly Gamash may or may not have been, because, well, that could take up an entire show. But I will say that Gamash does appear to have collected the material from this work from medieval and middle, year, 
Eastern grimoires and mix them liberally with the Afrocentric and sociopolitical theories of Marcus Garvey and summarized portions of Zora Neale Hurston's book, Moses, Man of the Mountain, and then basically attributed the whole package to Moses the Lawgiver. This book departs dramatically from the grimoire style of the earlier 6th and 7th books of Moses. The text begins with this astounding bibliography in which Moses' life is used to show that African tribal beliefs are linked to ancient Jewish and Egyptian religions. The second part of the book is a discourse on how the sacred writings of Moses were lost, and the volume ends <clears throat> with the 44 secret keys to universal power, some of them translated from a German edition of the Greek magical papyri and some of them uh, from very obscure grimoires, such as the Sword of Moses, which had been earlier translated into German by a scholar named Moses Gaster. No relation, maybe. So, in the lost 8th, ninth, and 10th books of Moses, Gamache puts forward the view that Moses was, as Hurston had put forth, quote, the great voodoo man of the Bible. And there are some other departures from the biblical traditions. For instance, uh, the Bible only briefly mentions Jethro, high priest of Midian, and Moses' father-in-law. But Gamash suggests that Jethro possessed great secrets, which Moses studied until he could turn water into blood. Command the power of flame, bring disease to cattle, and create swarms of insects, in short, until he had the power of the ten plagues. Now, Gamash freely admitted that the spells and seals passed down under the name of Moses were not Moses' work, but said that even after the original meaning of the text was lost, miracles and wonders still occurred. And Gamash puts forth that the seals' non-Hebraic origin does not detract from their authority. In other words, Moses may not have composed them, but they have enough power to be worthy of his name. And these two books have continually been reprinted, reprinted, rewritten, examined, looked at, and used. We see Solomonic and Mosaic seals being put into mojo bags put under candles, and done other work with. I could spend perhaps another half hour just discussing these two books, but it would do no good. They're very dense books, they're rather obscure, and they're not an easy read. But I suggest to you that you first go out and study and find for yourself how they are used in Hoodoo. And they have been for a very long time. And I encourage you to consider the relationship that many early slaves had uh, intellectually and spiritually between themselves and the children of Israel in bondage under the Egyptians. And how important the story of Exodus was to them and their belief in their own coming Exodus. And why Harriet Tugman was called Moses. And then get those books and study them. I think you will find them of good service to you. So here's another little, another little path, another little road sign along the way. I won't tell you what I think about it. I won't engage in certainty. I will allow you to use your own knowledge. 
Because, well, that way you'll, you know, be able to keep yourself from, uh, you know, getting tricked up. Up next, we're going to be going into the kitchen, into the field, and into the drugstore all at once to make sure that you don't end up like Casey Bill Weldon, who got himself tricked. about eucalyptus. That's right, eucalyptus. 
Now, eucalyptus is a diverse genus of flowering trees and shrubs, uh, including a distinct group with a multiple stem growth habit, in the myrtle family. That's right. It's in the myrtle family. And it primarily comes from Australia, and there are more than 700 species of eucalyptus known, mostly native to Australia, and a small number are found in adject areas of New Guinea and Indonesia. Uh, one species ranges as far as the Philippines, uh, but only 15 species occur outside of Australia, uh, with just nine of those not occurring in Australia. And uh, species of eucalyptus are widely in the tropical and temperate world, including the Americas, Europe, Africa, the Mediterranean Basin, the Middle East, China, and the Indian subcontinent. Though most species do not tolerate frost and have an extreme reaction to frost. Botanical archaeology tells us that Eucalyptus does not, in fact, originate from Australia, but was brought there, and in fact, its first appearance is in South America, where it then died out. Eucalyptus has been used for a long time for a variety of treatments, um, as a, a pharmaceutical, an antiseptic, a repellent, a flavoring, a fragrance, and, of course, industrial uses. And the leaves of selected eucalyptus species are steam distilled to extract the eucalyptus oil, which the eucalyptus oil is then the primary product of the eucalyptus that is used. The oil is used as a component in pharmaceutical preparations to relieve the symptoms of influenza and colds in products like uh, cough sweets, longesins, ointments, inhalants, and eucalyptus oil has an antibacteriological effect on pathogenic bacteria in the respiratory tract. Inhaled eucalyptus oil vapor is also a decongestant and a treatment for bronchitis. And so because of this, it has had a direct association uh, with health and healing uh, as far back as 1788, eucalyptus, distilled eucalyptus oil, uh, was used to treat convents, convex, convicts, I can say this word, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm a professional, convicts and marines. And eucalyptus oil was subsequently extracted by early colonists in Australia, but was not commercially exploited for some time. In hoodoo, eucalyptus has a solid reputation of being an effective ward against evil, and it repels enemies who are troubling your home or job. Uh, and this is a magical extension of the plant's household and medicinal uses. For myself, I have found it to be extremely potent drive away negative spiritual forces. And there is a lot of cross-cultural use of eucalyptus, and many a grandmother and great-grandmother and mother and grandfather, grandfather, and father swear by it. And that is something that uh, I encourage you to look into, but I'm going to talk to you about just two quick uses that you can put eucalyptus to. 
You can use eucalyptus to cast off evil and break bad habits. Bathing regularly with a Muslim bag containing eucalyptus leaves in a tub is said to help you cast off evil. That is, to ensure a final break with wicked companions or to put a stop to personal weaknesses such as drug, alcohol, or a tobacco habit. And if you feel the need that you are to blame for the condition, you would add hyssop to the bath and recite the 51st Psalm. You can burn eucalyptus with camphor on charcoal to rid the premise of evil and smoke yourself in the fumes if you need a personal cleansing as well. You can also use eucalyptus for protection from jinxes. Eucalyptus leaves carried in a pocket or in your shoe are said to protect from cross conditions. And I'm going to go a little bit further and bring back an old friend of ours here on the Now You Know show. I just told you that you can burn eucalyptus and camphor on charcoal to rid the premise of evil. That's very true. It is extremely potent. You might want to open your windows when you do it. Let me talk to you quickly, if I may, about another little product that you can use. A product whose active ingredient includes camphor, eucalyptus oil, and menthol. I am, of course, talking about that old friend of ours here on the Now You Know show, first developed in 1894 by Lunsford Richardson, VapoRub. That's right, folks, Vicks VapoRub, whose two main ingredients are camphor and eucalyptus, and then menthol. Vicks VapoRub is an effective spiritual tool. And I recommend it almost daily. You can ward those indoors with it. You can ward the door, the uh, corner posts of beds with it. You can add it to a bath of hot water. Obviously, you cannot add it to a cold or cool bath because it is a petroleum-based product and it will just stay as this big lump. But you can use Vicks in a cleansing bath. I have done it. I have done foot washes that used Vicks as a primary component. I have done head washes that use Vicks as a primary component. Vicks VapoRub is an effective spiritual tool. You're hearing it from the horse. There's a reason besides your coughs and your sniffles that your grandmother slathered you up in it. And if you want to talk about cross-cultural use, you need look no further than good old-fashioned Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub, developed originally after a traveling excursion in France to protect a man's children, used by African American families, Latin American families, white American families across the board, Asian families. Oh, yes, Vicks VapoRub. If you're putting together a packet. If you're saying, listen, doc, you know, Professor Porterfield, I want to put together a doctor's bag. I want to put together a traveling kit. I want to put together my A number one chest of spiritual supplies. What's the one thing that you want to have in it? I would say get yourself some Vicks VapoRub. You can go down to the drugstore and get it. So, eucalyptus. We talked about camphor before, but now here's eucalyptus. Go and find your eucalyptus. 
smell it, touch it, think on it, study it, use it, and you will find out many things. Do not allow yourself to fall into the certainty that everything the Now You Know show says is correct. Base it off of knowledge. And I'll continue to do my best not to guide you wrong. Because that's all I am around here, folks. Just a little guide trying to take us all from here to way over there to help school you so no one can fool you. Well, I'd like to stay and continue to talk to you about everything in the world. But the storm's rolling in. I can see the lightning through the window and hear the thunder in the distance. And, well, you know, time just comes and time just goes. But I hope that after tonight you'll go out and study a little bit about all the other purported books of Moses besides the fifth. I would like to hope you'd spend a little time with the first five books of Moses as well. That might be a little helpful, don't you think? Before you move on to that fabulous, mystical, groovy, cool six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You gotta base yourself in things before you go out into the world and start doing other things. When you stand on a firm ground, it's harder for them to knock you down. And I hope that you will go out and explore eucalyptus. You probably aren't going to have any of it growing in your yard, but some of you might live in Australia. And if you do, you might have some eucalyptus right out back. But I encourage the rest of you to go down and buy yourself some eucalyptus leaves and use them. They are very effective. And when we talk about them, being of aid to break bad habits, I'm telling you, it's the truth. I've done it. I've used it on numerous occasions for exactly that, and it has aided me. But find out for yourself. Don't just get stuck up in somebody else's certainty. And so our message for this evening at the end of the show is this. Read your damn Bible, read other books, get yourself some Vicks Vapor Rub, study for yourself, don't get trapped in certainty and give up. Really, please. Anyway, I'd like to go on, but, well, this is it. This is, this is no more. This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I'll eat Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texas, Cal, and don't back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas, King Kong, Kitty, coming through the territory in Kansas City, and Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way to do well. Change cars on the TV, leaving Fort Worth, Texas, going to Dallas, hotel, Grand Sling. Long view, Joseph, 